Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. This is California News, a podcast that brings you the latest news from across California. Now, here's your host, Dr. Carlos. Well, violence is going up in L.A. may not have known if it was true or not, but according to a new article, July marks the highest month for aggravated assaults in over a decade. There were more aggravated assaults in L.A. in July than during any month in over a decade with 1,299. The spike highlights one of the emerging concerns about public safety during COVID. Overall, crime has fallen sharply as social distancing and lockdowns kept people apart. But the problem is you can't say overall crime. Crime is very specific, and that's the thing you have to be careful with when you're reading news articles. Whether or not they're being misleading on purpose is another question, but really, when you're reading news articles, overall crime, you really want to know which ones are going up and which ones are going down. And specifically, violent crimes have been climbing. Murders to shootings and assaults. Well, that's pretty serious business. I don't want that going up if petty theft is going down. Now, even when you look at the numbers that way, you wonder, well, who's murdering who and who's shooting who? Is it an increase in gang violence? Is there a lot of innocent civilians getting hurt or innocent citizens? What's happening there? Is it a serial killer? What are we looking for here? Now, that specific amount of data I don't have in regards to murders and shootings. I do know over in New York and other states or other bigger cities like L.A., there's an increase in gang violence. Some states, uh, some cities even making up to 35, 40 percent of the homicides related to it. Most of the time, over 60, 70 percent of homicides are verbal disputes between individuals, believe it or not. Some might be gang related, of course, drug trafficking and things of that nature. July's total of aggravated assaults is a 14% increase from the ones reported in June. That's it. And it was an 18% increase from July of last year. So compared to the month before, it increased 15%. Compared to, the, compared to last year's July, it went up 18 or 17%. Aggravated assault as opposed to simple assault or battery occurs when the assailant intends to inflict great bodily harm, often with a deadly weapon. More than a quarter of all aggravated assaults in the city are carried out with some type of firearm. Aggravated assaults of a domestic partner are not included in the totals. Again, very important to know. Shootings are also on the rise. The city saw an 8.8% increase to 136 people shot in July over June. So more people have been struck by guns fire so far this year than during any comparable period since 2010, over 10 years. But again, as I mentioned, L.A. is not alone. New York has seen a spike of about 6% in felony assaults. Chicago reported over 460 shootings. They have a 15% jump from last year's. I know their homicides have gone up considerably. Uh, aggravated assaults, while fluctuating on a year-to-year -year basis, have gradually increased in L.A. over the past decade. But we've also seen numbers going up in Baltimore, St. Louis. Portland has gone up considerably. Seattle has gone up. We've seen a lot of major cities going up. Aggravated assaults, again, L.A. over the past decade, 
they talked about that so far this year downtown has had the highest number of aggravated assaults with 562 the total includes a disturbing incident on march 3rd when a 49 year old was threatened with an axe by a family member in a hotel hollywood has had the second most incidents with 321 and then westlake at 302 Robberies continue at a lower rate than pre-pandemic levels. July saw the highest spike, though, since February 2020 with 729. In July, 25% of the robberies occur with the use of a firearm, compared with 20% in July 2020 and 8% in 2019. So again, you can see there's a big distinction between the types of crimes, but you can see crimes are going up. Um, I believe up in the robberies are going up considerably in San Francisco, but L.A., is not necessarily going up in robberies but they are going up in shootings and homicides so it could be a lot of gang violence and i'll try to get more of those numbers for you another time
elaborate fantasies, some some type of severe delusions. <laughs> but we got to remember, he also took LSD when he was 14 years of age. This is going to affect the neurodevelopment in his brain and hormone dysregulation. Ramirez's highly publicized home invasion and murder crime spree terrorized the residences of Greater LA. By the way, folks, when I was younger, probably by eight or nine, I lived about. A, he was he came to within a mile of where I lived. We'll just say it that way. He used a variety of weapons, including handguns, knives, machete, tire iron. Again, showing a sign of a disorganized killer. Ramirez was convicted of thirteen counts of murder and five attempted murders. Ramirez, who never expressed any remorse for his crimes, which kind of indicates possibly a psychopath. But again, you need that violent outburst, really. So, you know, sociopathy could be here. And they do have a, a kernel of empathy. But maybe not enough for him. Now, that's why they, I think it was Dr. Stone who diagnosed him with schizoid, because they don't really have that kind of empathy either. It's possible. It's possible. So he's got the four ingredients that I'm really looking for. He's got the neurological impairment. He's got the child abuse factor, the alcoholic parent. Now, I don't know if his mom drank alcohol or not when she was pregnant, but she was exposed to those chemicals. We know that caused some damage to the other children, possibly. So that's going to be the neurological impairment with the brain trauma. Those two together are neurological. Then you're looking at the child abuse. That's number two. Number three is some exposure to delusions or psychosis. So we definitely have that one as well. So those are the three that I would be looking for when it comes to, to uh, these individuals. In 1984, he murdered a nine-year-old Chinese-American girl in the basement. Now, 1984, let's find out. I forgot what, how, old he, what, how old would he have been at that point. He was born in... 1960, so he was 24 years of age. We don't know if he murdered before or not. Uh, Loon was an eight-year, uh, he, where he was living, the little eight-year-old brother, when he was reportedly lost a dollar bill, went to look for it. Ramirez approached Loon and told the girl he knew where it was and to follow him to the basement. The child agreed, and once they were in the basement, Ramirez beat, strangled, and raped the little boy before, the girl, before stabbing her to death with a switchblade. Just FYI, this is not a pedophile. This is more of a molester, child molester. They're more opportunistic. Now, this definition can vary. Some people argue that there is no distinction. Some people argue there's different distinctions. At least from my angle right now, a child molester is more opportunistic. So they're not necessarily attracted to children, but if they find the opportunity to rape them, they will. Uh, but it could be also an adolescent or an adult, while a pedophile is strictly for children and they tend to think that they're doing something positive for them. Um, Ramirez's first known killing was not identified as being connected to his Night Stalker crime spree until 2009 when it was a DNA match. In 2016, officials disclosed evidence of a second suspect identified through a DNA retrieval who's believed to have been present at the little girl's murder. Authorities have not publicly identified the suspect described as being a juvenile at the time. So in 1984, when he was 24 years of age, we see he had a murder. And then a couple months, then he took a break for about nine months, which is another criteria you're looking for at serial killers, Maria Hernandez. And then another uh, woman in March 17th in 1985, then another one in March 27th. So in 10 days, he had three kills. This is kind of showing you already something's going on mentally. May 14th, May through 29th. 
He had two more kills. May 30th, three kills. He really escalates his July because he has four or five. You know, I don't know what they finally diagnosed him with, but you know, schizophrenia is looking possible here. I don't know if he had hallucinations or delusions. The delusions we kind of know he might have had. I don't know about the hallucinations. I haven't heard that. But the escalation here of violence is pretty dramatic. Three, four, five, six in July, including another eight-year-old. Uh, in August, he had three, four, five in August. In June 28, 79, a 79-year-old was found brutally murdered. She had been stabbed repeatedly in the head, neck, and chest while asleep. Her throat slashed. She was nearly decapitated. Ramirez's fingerprint was found on a mesh screen. He removed to gain access through an open window. You can see the viciousness here. So it's either something going on with drugs that caused this hostility, anger, whatever it may be, but it contributed to this. This went on to establish his pattern of breaking into homes, committing particularly vicious murders, and frequently burglarizing his victims either before or after killing them, which was mainly to support his cocaine addiction and pay his rent. So he was cognizant enough to pay the rent. Um, the cocaine is interesting because obviously that's going to start affecting his judgment as well. Uh, and then you see, so this is more a crime of opportunity as well. Maybe a sexual release. It doesn't seem like a whole lot. Some of these may not have anything to do with sexual release. Ramirez attacked a 22-year-old outside her home, shooting her in the face with a 22 halibut after she pulled her into her garage with a 22 caliber caliber handgun. She survived when the bullet ricocheted off the keys she held in her hands as she lifted them to protect herself. Now, the woman was smart enough to play dead until Ramirez left the scene. See, he didn't, he didn't sexually assault her. Dale Ozaki, 34, heard the gunshot and ducked behind a counter when she saw Ramirez enter the kitchen. When she raised her head to get a look, he shot Ozaki once in the forehead, killing her instantly. Within an hour of Rosemead home invasion, Ramirez pulled 30-year-old Veronica Yu out of her car in Monterey. So completely disorganized, shot her twice with a 22 caliber, caliber handgun and fled. The two murders and attempted third in a single day attracted extensive attention from the news media. He entered a home in 1985, a year earlier, just outside of Whittier at approximately 2 a.m., killed the sleeping 64-year-old with a gunshot to his head. So didn't even confront him, didn't even watch him be tortured. Now the interesting thing, he went for his wife, who was 44, and beat her and bound her hands while demanding to know where the valuables were. While he ransacked the room, Maxine escaped her bonds and retrieved the shotgun, which was not loaded. The infuriated Ramirez shot her three times with a twenty-two, then fetched a large carving knife from the kitchen. He mutilated her body. So this is what happened here. Again, that anger was there. Um, Ramirez then returned to Monterey Park and entered the home of Bill Doy, 66, and disabled wife, and his, and his disabled wife, 56. Surprising Doy in his bedroom, Ramirez shot him in the face. And, and pistol as Doy went for his own handgun. After beating the mortally wounded man into consciousness, Ramirez entered Lillian's bedroom, bound her with thumb cuffs, then raped her after he ransacked the valuables. So it's interesting here why he chose her. I don't know. Because it's the first, one of the few times he actually adds the, the sexual component to it. On May 29th, Ramirez drove his stolen car to Monrovia and stopped at the house of an 83-year-old Ma Bell and her disabled sister, 81 years of age, finding a hammer in the kitchen. He bludgeoned and bound Lang in her bedroom, then bound and bludgeoned Bell before using an electrical cord to shock the woman. Now he raped this 81-year-old using Bell's lipstick to draw the satanic pentagram. Again, folks, I really think he's starting to devolve here. And psychologically, he's starting to get detached from reality. Psychosis. You can see the, the, uh, the uh, 
the evolution of these crimes and how they're going. So he starts adding that sexual component. He kills a couple more, obviously a 75-year-old, and he bludgeons a 16-year-old with a tire iron as she slept in her bedroom. After searching in vain for a knife, Ramirez tried to strangle the girl with a cord. He stated that he was startled to see electrical sparks emanate when his victim began to breathe. He fled the house, believing that Christ, Jesus Christ, was there. Believe it or not, the 16-year-old thankfully survived the savage beating and attempted strangulation. Um... He purchased a machete in July 20th of 1985 uh, before driving a stolen Toyota to Glendale. He chose the home of Lilla Knighting at 66-year-old and her husband Max in 80, 68, and burst into the sleeping couple's bedroom and hacked them to death with the machete. So we see how he became more and more violent, added some sexual components to everything. And we're going to look now to see how he was caught. On August 29th, law enforcement officials decided to release a mugshot of Ramirez from a 1984 arrest for auto theft at the police press conference. It was, not, it was noticed, it was announced, we know who you are now and soon everyone else will, and there'll be no place you can hide. And that was very true because it was one of the most um, televised captures on TV of a serial killer. He took a bus to Tucson to visit his brother, unaware that he had become the lead story in virtually every major newspaper. After failing to meet his brother, he returned to L.A. He walked past police officers who were staking out the bus terminal in hopes of catching the killer he should attempt to flee. After noticing a group of elderly Hispanic women fearfully identifying him as El Matador, Ramirez saw his face on the front pages on the newspaper rack and fled the store in a panic. After running across the Santa Ana freeway, he attempted to carjack a woman, but was chased away by bystanders who pursued him. After hopping over several fences and attempting two more carjackings, he was eventually subdued by residents, one of whom had struck him over the head with a fence post. The group of enraged citizens held Ramirez down and relentlessly beat him until the police arrived and took him into custody. At his course, first court appearance, he raised his hand with a pentagram drawn on and yelled, Hail Satan. He reported that some jail employees overheard Ramirez planning to shoot the prosecutor with a gun, which Ramirez intended to have smuggled into the courtroom. The trial was interrupted because one of the jurors did not arrive at the courtroom. Later that day, she was found shot to death in her apartment. The jury was terrified, wondering if Ramirez had somehow directed this event and whether or not he could reach other jurors. However, it was ultimately determined that Ramirez was not responsible for the juror's death as she was shot and killed by her boyfriend, who later committed suicide with the same weapon in a hotel. A lot of strange stuff in this story. Ramirez was eventually convicted and was sentenced to die in California's gas chamber. He ended up getting a girlfriend in in the uh, prison, but we'll talk about that on another podcast another day. Again, they classified him maybe as having schizoid personality disorder because they have an indifferent type of personality. Um, people with schizoid personality disorder uh, are emotionally cold, detached, and they possess this kind of rich and internal fantasy world, which you'll see in psychosis. So this is where I believe it hits that criteria that I've told you about. The psychosis, the abuse, the, the abuse, the neurological impairment. And when I say neurological impairment, I add two components to it. I bifurcate it into two, which is going to be something happening in utero in addition to brain trauma, like a head trauma. And we see all four here with Richard Ramirez. Um, that's it for now. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.